Thanks for listening to Sex with Emily. On today's show, I'm joined by associate producer Jamie, and we're talking sex, relationships, and everything in between. Topics include specific tips to take breast play to the next level, recognizing relationship anxiety and how to manage it and move past it, ups and downs of the male refractory period, and moving from being a pleaser to actually owning your pleasure. All this and more. Enjoy the show. Guys, what if I told you that you're not tapping into all the sexual pleasure your body has to offer? I know you think you're the master of your domain, but some of you have yet to experience a P-spot orgasm. Yes, I'm talking about your prostate, and if you haven't tried stimulating it, hear me out. Okay, if I told you there was a bag full of money through a door that you normally only exit out of, you'd march right through. This is the same concept. Lucky for you, my friends at WeVibe, have just the thing to help you find your new favorite sensation. It's a prostate massager called Vector. Vector is one of the most innovative prostate stimulators out there. It even has two stimulators, one for your prostate and one that presses against your perineum. Or, you know, the taint. Oh, you know what else is cool? You can control it with the WeConnect mobile app. And if you're worried about comfort, no need. The prostate stimulator is adjustable so you can easily find the perfect angle. You've heard me talk about Wevibe products for years, so you know all about their quality. So now it's your turn to own one designed just for you. To try Vector for yourself, go to sexwithemily.com slash Wevibe. That's my site, sexwithemily.com slash W-E-V-I-B-E today. Look into his eyes. They're the eyes of a man obsessed by sex. Eyes that mock our sacred institutions. Hey, Emily, you got a boyfriend? Because uh, my man E here, he just got his heart broken. He thinks you're kind of cute. A girl's got to have her standards. Oh, my. Do women know about shrinkage? Isn't it common knowledge? What do you mean, like laundry? It shrinks? Can we not talk about sex so much? Are you kidding me? Oh, my God, I feel so good. Being bad feels pretty good. But you know, Emily's not the kind of girl you just play with. You're listening to Sex with Emily. We're talking about sex, relationships, and everything in between. For more information, go to sexwithemily.com and check out all of our amazing content we put up every day. I'm very proud of that fact. Our blogs and subscribe to the podcast. That really helps us. And I'm so glad you're all here today. Thanks for listening to the show. We've got a fun show today and I've got a fun person sitting here with me, Jamie. Hello. Hi, Jamie. You all know Jamie. Jamie's with me for two years. We just had our two-year anniversary here at Sex with Emily. We take that very seriously. Yeah. I can't I can't believe it. It's been great. She started as a little intern. Mm-hmm. I've uh, gone gone through the ranks, you know, from intern to part-time to full-time. Yeah. And it's been amazing to watch you grow and change. I feel like you are really just like killing it right now. And I'm so impressed and, and grateful for your time and your energy and chillness and always making me laugh. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love, I love you so much. <laughs> I love you too. Um, so I'm glad you're sitting here with me today because we've got a lot to cover and I want to talk about you and your experiences. But first, let's talk about our October contest mm-hmm. because October is not over until it's over. So I know that um, it's a big month. Halloween. Jamie did a super cute video. It is really cute. It's on the website, so you can definitely check it out. It's our sexy tricks and sexy treats. Exactly. You want to explain the contest? Yeah. So um, basically, we're taking Halloween back for the adults. Like, you know, kids love it. There's candy. They get to go around and all that stuff. But, you know, there's also an adult side to Halloween. We dress up sexy. We get tap into, you know, sides of ourselves that we, like, don't usually during 
uh, during the year. So when we mean by like tricks, like, okay, so do you have like a go-to move that you like know like makes every person you've been with go crazy? It makes you go crazy. Do you have a position that you're like, this is a great position if you need like G-spot stimulation or right. if you need, you know, P-spot stimulation or what have you. Um, and then treats. So like, do you have like a pair of lingerie that you always like to wear? That yeah, like is there a sexy classy? lingerie that you, that you want to put? I was thinking about that the other day because I had a date and I was like, Oh, I haven't had that. I'm like, which underwear do I feel? Nothing that I was having sex. So what makes me feel the sexiest? No, that but I feel like trick. it gives you confidence. It you does know? give you confidence. That's what I'm saying. Like I had a change out of my underwear that wasn't so confident building. Confidence gotcha. building. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So lingerie. And then maybe it, like you have like a favorite toy you like to use. You know, we want to hear about that. Sexy tricks or treats. So just email us your sexiest tricks or treats by mm-hmm. November 1st. Exactly. So you have all the way up until Halloween. So right. even if you, you know, you can get inspiration on that night. Do it. Send it to us. Email. Exactly. Uh, feedback at sexwithemily.com. So, Jamie, speaking of sexy tricks and treats, so you've been here for two years. Do you mind if I reveal your age? Uh, yeah, that's fine. I'm 24. So you're 24. <laughs> so when you started, you were 22? Mm-hmm. So you were 22 coming, you know, and you, you were always that girl that, you know, your friends came to you, you talked about sex and stuff. But now that you've been here for two years, what about, what do you think that you've learned, like your sexiest tricks or treats, for example, we can take that, put it in the sex with Emily format. What have you kind of, what have you learned here? I mean, I see that you've changed as a, as a, as a team member, you've done a lot, but I'm not with you when you're having sex. I mean, in spirit, but what do you think has changed for you? What are um, your, I mean, I'm just like, I'm, I'm more confident in asking for what I want and like saying, hey, like, this is what I need you to do. I mean, I don't say it like that. I say <laughs> you it don't so go, I, hey. I don't say, hey, what are you, what are you doing? I didn't teach you that. <laughs> hey. No, but I was just like, you know, a way it's, it's I've been able to like uh, up my dialogue, I guess. Communication. In, uh, communication wise. And that's like, I think the most important part. And that's what everything follows with that. Also, I like to say for me personally, I love being on top during sex and I've learned, you know, to really like use my uh, PC muscles and clench and grind and that's how I can get my G-spot orgasm even if the dude I'm with is not up to par. Okay, up to par meaning... Meaning like he's not doing much Got to it. help me out. So talk to me about that for a minute. Was that something that you did before or you learned that kind of here through clench? Because it is true. Women don't realize that those muscles that contract um, your, your Kegel muscles, those PC muscles, the, the same muscles that you use when you stop and start the flow of urine, that those, that's how you locate them, that those are actually the same muscles that contract when you have an orgasm. So when you're having sex and you you tense and relax those muscles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I never like before had really... Like, I had done it randomly just because I'm like, oh, like, can you feel that? Does right. that feel good? For the guy. Because you're the like, guy. oh, well, the guy feels But then, this. like, I started doing them, like, I realized that when I get closer to climax, that if I use those muscles, it actually helps me along to, like, get there. Pumping them, yeah. And right. I didn't do that before, but then, you know, you talk about it a lot, a lot of different things with that, and it works out for me pretty That's well. Great. I'd say it's pretty well. I mm-hmm. love that. So you're able to have more orgasms then frequently with a partner. Yes, Exactly, when the, which is great. And I've always like liked sex, but I've always been like a pleaser, which is, you know, I still like to be a pleaser, but now I'm like, I'm going to get mine too, for right? sure, especially because I'm single, so I have a lot of casual encounters. Yeah, mostly. Mostly. But you've had, you've had dabbles. I dabbled in emotions, and, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't necessarily like it that much. I do when it's good. So this is something that I kind of feel like it's changed, but then I also know that sex education is not where I want it to be yet. But just like you, I was a pleaser. And I know that talking to younger women now and women of all ages that we still somehow are socialized that it truly is about 
the man's pleasure or your partner's pleasure and not about us. And I think we do that in so many areas of our life that we're pleasers and we're caretakers and we're nurturing, which is part of being female. And I, and I understand that. But when it comes to sex, I mean, I just love that that was something that you were able to take away. Like, it's not that we're not pleasing the men. That's very important to our partners, but that we also have to uh, take care of ourselves. Yeah. And I like I feel I, you know, people will email in and say like, oh, is this selfish of me? And it's like, it's not selfish to know what you like, you know, like all of a sudden it's not all about your partner. It's also about you. It's supposed to be like about each other, about your own experience together. So, you know, I'm always like, no, it don't, it's not selfish at all. In fact, it's just equality. That's what it (laughs) is. Equality Equality in the bedroom and equality in the world. Well, we're getting there in the world. It's almost like if you're playing sports with someone, a guy you're playing tennis, you're like, I'm just going to let him win. You know, would you yeah. do that? Play- <laughs> no, 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 it's about both I'm of so you. Competitive. I'm so competitive. Right, exactly. You wouldn't do that. Why would you do it in sex? I'm just going to not really like hit the ball over the net right now. I'm just going to have him do his thing. So that's great. You've gotten a boatload of treats here yes. at Sex with Emily. Mm. So what are your favorite accoutrements during sex or in, just in your whole sexual life? It could even be masturbation. I know you've got like every toy and product on the planet. Yeah. You probably had to get a second home for them. But is there anything that you're like, after two years, this is my go-to favorites? Yeah, well, I mean, masturbation-wise, like the womanizer, always. 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 The lips, we talked about this. The it's lipstick. Un- it the- literally lives under my pillow. It does. <laughs> Which one? The, the lip- one I sleep on. No, oh. not your pillow. <laughs> oh, no, your mom's pillow. Which womanizer? There's so many, but they're all sort of the, the same. Well, yeah, okay, so I've graduated. I've had like... Almost every version of the womanizer, and like whenever I get a new version, I kind of like leave the other one, like in case I don't charge the current one I'm using, I'll use the other ones as backup. But I use the to go right. all the time. I mean, it's it's it's, it's the lipstick one. It looks like right the to go. Yeah, it's smaller. So it's the cute. lipstick one. It's really it's like really easy to clean, which I also like. And like the silicone tip is a little bit uh, deeper than the other ones, so I feel like it covers the clitoris a lot better. Right. Good. Yeah, I agree. But I love then sex wise, I've only used a couple actual like vibrating toys during sex. I really liked the pivot from WeVibe, which is a penis ring. Oh, it's so good. It vibrates. It's really great. Like it, especially because like, like I said, I like to be on top and like grind. It's perfect for that. It is perfect for the grinding. Yeah. yeah. It then, vibrates. It's, it's it a does. cool one size fits all. Yeah, don't, yeah. Use lube though. Obviously. You have to use lube. Yeah. And then I've also used the G-Vibe Mini. But I started out using it like during oral sex that I was performing. Oh, right. Because you could kind of. It's because it's shaped the way it's shaped. It kind of looks like a like I want to say a wishbone in a way. Right. Uh-huh. Um, it bows out. So like the it it's like circular at the bottom, but then it like bows out. So it's like kind of like when you put your hands up, like you're shrugging. Right. Right. <laughs> right exactly. Uh, so if you, you just use that to stroke the shaft while you're like performing oral sex, like. On a low speed, guys, yeah. Don't, don't you find like your partner's penises like that? Yeah, like a lot. Yeah, the vibrations feel good. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And then lubes. I know we've had lubes for days. Is there a lube? I, I just kind of grab what, I kind of try them all out. Yeah. What I like, but I mean, I it's mean, always Joe, but I've got so many. Yeah, I really like the watermelon H2O one that they have. Yeah. But then I also, they have like, I really, like I tried it. I haven't used it during sex, but definitely I've tried it during masturbation. It's like they have this clit stimulant. I think it's called like Arctic or something yeah, like that. Ar- so oh, the cool one. It, yeah. So it's like, it's a cooling sensation. Like it's, so it's like a buzzy feeling 
and it's cold. And then when you use your vibrator, it's like Oof. intensifies that. Oh, that just turned me out. That just got me like, yeah, 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 it's really good. No, like sometimes I'm like, I literally like take a break, make a sandwich, go back to masturbating. <laughs> <laughs> I have days like that too. Where I'm like, I just can't stop. I just get me <laughs> orgasms and then I don't leave the house. That's fun, Jamie. That's lots of tricks. Okay, so Jamie, um, I just love you and we're just all grateful that you're here. So thank Aww, you for sharing that. That's and so sweet. I love being here. I really do. I like love this job. <laughs> so glad. Yay. You're awesome. And I, now I want to ask you the five quickie questions. Oh, no. I'm being yes. put on the spot. Here you are we being go. Put on the spot. You didn't know I was going to ask you. Okay, Jamie, what's your biggest turn on? Humor and biceps. Okay. Biggest turn off? Cockiness, overly cocky, and no, that's pretty much it. Okay. Mm. Got it. Sexiest part of a, your partner's body or a partner's body? Okay, so besides the biceps. Mm, right. I'd have to say like that, like it, it doesn't have to be defined, but that V area on a guy. Mm. And I love a good man butt. A good man a butt. A good man butt. Do you play with the butt? Like grab the oh, butt? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Love grabbing the butt. Yeah. I did not know this about mm. you. Okay, what's the one thing you wish you could tell your all your future partners about your body and your needs? Uh, like, hey, like I know that some people would think that of course my breasts would come into play during sex a lot and they do sometimes but like guys don't spend very much time on them and like preach like literally dude if you spend so, like a good like even three full minutes on my nipples like you don't even have to touch my clit exactly it's like it's like a hack no, I mean, it is. Really. And Jamie's got amazing breasts. So I don't I want to nuzzle I want to nuzzle your breasts. We were doing our two year anniversary. You guys could check it out on Instagram. We did some fun pictures, but like you do have a great rack. How do they just how do they not I mean it's like I, I don't really have mine are like I can see not that I want them to skip over it, but just they're there. But yours are like I I don't know. Oh, I think guys are just they're more lately, more guys are into uh into the butt now. Right. But also, I think it's just kind of like they're like, oh, like they're visually pleasing and they but I don't think they really know like what to do. So what would you tell them? How would you describe what what should a man do? And now, again, every woman's different. But let's take your breasts, for example. If that guy spent three to five minutes on your breasts, how would he approach those breasts? I mean, you just start like obviously be like with making out, move down to the neck area, like, you know, go down a little bit and then like you can like. Suck on them, use your tongue, like flick like, it but around. Let's be specific though, because if we're saying that guys don't know, and I agree with mm-hmm. you, now that you guys, and this is not bashing men, it's just like, I think it's confusing. I think it they're is. like, do I grab it? Do I twist it? So with his hands, with his mouth? You can like start like with maybe your hands on one and your mouth on the other. Yeah. Like be very delicate and use just like two fingers, like uh, like your thumb and your index finger. That's mm-hmm. what it's called, right? Okay. <laughs> and you just like, you know, lightly like, play with the nipples like play with that area you know like and then maybe use your mouth a little bit use your tongue kind of like use your tongue to caress and circle the like mm-hmm. like you would with a clitoris right you know? so exactly and you just kind of play and like it's you a know, clitoris upstairs yeah and mm-hmm. then pay attention like to whoever you are with and like how they're responding and if they really like it you know maybe like suck a little more like maybe use a little more pressure just kind of even mm-hmm. like even just like literally like playing around with them like using your hands yeah. kind of massaging them massaging and underneath too i feel like the yeah. under, underside of the breast is to like kind of kiss that air like kiss the underside of it or to just kind of rub it like we're wearing bras all day it's uncomfortable that area could be really sensitive there's a lot of sensitive tissue just even around the breast too yeah and i think that if guys just like 
you know, just like take, like I said, and you always say like slow everything down. So I think that's a big reason too, why it's like guys kind of like, even if like, I mean, I usually have partners that will like perform oral sex on me, which is good. So there is foreplay, but it's like, they still rush to get to that. Kind of like someone just starts the movie in the middle and they go right down there. You're like, what happened? Like, I'm just, I I feel like it's a big, not that I don't believe me, oral sex is awesome, but I kind of feel like you just missed over the beginning. Like, kind of like say hello to my breasts i feel like yeah. it's part of it at least acknowledge them yeah it's like you know it's like it's pretend you're in an elevator and you <laughs> right. need to like stop at each floor right pick up some pleasure on the way until you get right. all the way down to the lobby which is right. the pleasure and then lobby. you might have forgotten something know. in your office you might have forgotten something and you go back up yeah That's exactly. okay. yeah you exactly. can go back you up can go, back, go up. back down but just don't totally skip and get exactly. off the Exactly. That was great, Jamie. Uh, that was a good public service announcement for the breasts. Now let's get into <laughs> some sex in the news. Ready. Okay. Good news. Relationship anxiety is normal. I mean, it is good news because it's normal, but it sucks <laughs> that it's normal. Right? And I think that my thing about relationship anxiety is I feel like there's always going to be a little bit of anxiety in a relationship. and. I know that in the beginning of the relationship as well, like especially these days, is he going to text me? Did, did he not text me? What did this mean in the text? Because people aren't even talking anymore. So there's so many more things to be anxious about, like that feeling when someone doesn't get back to you. And But that's just the tip of the iceberg. The thing about relationship anxiety is, yes, it's normal, but we're also going to give you some ways to deal with it. Because I think we mm-hmm. all experience it at different points. Some people are more anxious than others. Certain things can trigger you. But here's why, and here's what you can do about it. So there's a lot of reasons why we might feel anxious in a relationship. It could be childhood issues. It could be from your past relationship you had with someone, like let's say someone cheated on you or there just wasn't a lot of healthy behaviors going on. So it could be lack of trust, fear of abandonment, you know, questioning yourself, your compatibility, you know, am I good enough? Or are they good enough? You know, or am I too good for them? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that we always experience in a relationship some sort of unease about you know what we're getting ourselves into. So that's normal. That's a normal problem. But it's a real problem, I think, when it becomes debilitating. When you find yourself constantly obsessing about the relationship, and it sort of takes over your life, and you find yourself kind of be self-sabotaging as well when you start to doubt your partner and you keep bringing it up you're like what did you mean by this and and i'm not trusting you and really a lot of times it doesn't necessarily have to do with your partner but a lot of times these issues have to do with ourselves welcome to the world it usually is about ourselves because once we learn and we really own our our issues and our challenges it can be easier to specifically weed out what's our part of the problem and what's what part is our partner triggering us and how to have healthy conversations around it. So here's some signs that maybe your anxiety in the relationship has reached an unhealthy level. This is kind of like when you start to engage in these behaviors that might push your partner away. So it could be obsessing over your partner's social media accounts. Maybe you're Googling them. You've got your friends doing some investigating. Have you done stuff like this, James? Okay, so I have been in a relationship where I did have a lot of anxiety, but... I was actually like, I don't like to obsess over people's media, social media accounts, but there would be like, I think everyone like sometimes at least like they'll go and you'll check the Instagram page. You'll check the Facebook page. You'll see like who's interacting with, you know, my person. And so if you aren't trusting of them, you know, you'll read into things. Right. And I think that is, I think going through social media accounts is almost a way of self-sabotaging because you're looking for there to be a problem. Right. 
Exactly. And then you're always going to find something because if your brain is already wired to think this person's probably on a date with someone else or cheating on me, you'll be able to see that if they put a picture of a sailboat up. You'll be like, why is he at the beach? Who's he at? Who's he? Exactly. (laughs) Who's he watching that boat with? You know what I'm saying? Like you could create any story in your mind. You can start to falsely accuse your partner of doing things that they didn't really do that you've no evidence for. So if you're feeling like your anxiety about relationships, whether it's about your attachment to the relationship or you're just spending way too much time worrying about things, here's some ways that you can overcome your relationship anxiety. First of all, pay attention to your behavior. Like how often are you jumping to conclusions about their behavior and do you really have like sufficient evidence to support the fact that this person maybe did something wrong? A lot of times our fears around anything, like it could even be a fear around work or, you know, friends. It has to do with something that happened in the past. Mm -hmm. It could be a childhood memory. It could be something in the past with a a, a past partner. So check in with yourself. Exactly. Like, like, what's really going on here? So what you could do, exercise. I mean, for me, exercise helps me so much with anxiety in all levels of my life. Exercising, it's not just because you're going to feel better. Like, it does release. I mean, yes, you feel better about your, your body and your health and all that. But it actually does increase serotonin. So it actually does release those feel-good hormones in your brain. And for me, like I love working out in the morning. That's always been my thing because I just feel like it sets me for a good day. But also whenever you can get it in, it helps. Get it in in many ways. Um, But I I totally see I just went back to the gym. Yes. And I can't, unfortunately, I'm not a morning person. So I can't wake up (laughs) No, I'm just saying for me, that's right. Yeah. But I mean, I wish I could. I'd rather do that because it's so busy after work. Anyways. I felt really great like going back like I felt productive I felt like just happier I just felt like I could actually like be in a place doing something and not have to worry about anything else and I could just like you know keep running mm-hmm. you know exactly. on the treadmill. I could just work out and like kind of like you it's almost like a meditation without really getting into that meditative mm-hmm. state. So that's great. It really is. I think it helps with a lot of things. And I have to say, people are like, oh, but I have no time. I have no time. I mean, I think about Michael Moore. You know Michael Moore, the filmmaker? Mm -hmm. I remember reading this years ago that he's always been overweight. And he just started doing this 10,000 steps a day. And he lives in Michigan and Flint. It's freezing like where I grew up. And he was like, I'm just going to walk. So Mm -hmm. it's not even like you have to do anything. But he would, you know, probably use his Fitbit or his phone now that has those apps. And it's like, I know you guys have heard this from so many different sources. But it really does help just to get out and move and get outside of your head. And it just, every time it works. Like there's nothing. It's kind of like sex. You never like really regret having sex with your partner and you're not going to regret start moving because it just helps clear your head. The other thing, positive self-talk. As much as you can, and this is also another practice, Mm -hmm. engaging in positive self-talk rather than negative self-talk. And this to me is a lifelong process and I find myself a lot of times when I'll just be thinking of the worst case scenario about things. And all of a sudden, I literally will be like, everything's fine, everything's good. And I'll even have a mantra in my head. Like I have one that I always say like, all I need is within me now because I love that. Thank you. Oh my God. And I literally will just not even consciously know. I'll just keep saying that. Like if I'm going to bed at night and I'm feeling anxiety or I'm just driving somewhere worrying, I'm like, all I need, because it's true. Most of us have, we're, we're our own worst enemies and we have all the answers that we need and all we need is, is inside of us and we can control it. So that's my mind. You can find something that makes you feel good. Like I'm okay, be here now, whatever it is to kind of, and it, it's literally a practice that just gets your mind off of thinking these thoughts that can be sabotaging. This also increases serotonin as well. And this controls the part of your brain behind the frontal areas that are responsible for attention, judgment, and impulse control. So if you find yourself being really judgy, and and I do find this when I switch it, I'm like, I have no room there to be judgmental, to focus on other things. It just helps you reset. Also take a step back 
a lot of times in the moment when we make impulsive decisions, that's what can make us feel anxious. If you step back and you think, you know what, maybe I'm not going to do this right now. Even if it's like picking up the phone to check your partner's Instagram account or to send a text to somebody that's an angry Mm -hmm. text, like they say, you should always sit on it. I believe that. Take a step back in the moment if you're feeling like, you know, right now I don't think I'm in the healthiest place to to be doing things. Take a step back, think about it, pause. Also find ways to relax. Mm -hmm. All right. How do you relax, Jamie? I like to listen to a lot of like just chill, laid back music. I like to just like lay back in. I have a jacuzzi at my house, so I like to use that to kind of unwind. Because like I'm talking a lot all the time and Mm -hmm. people like I talk to my friends all the time. They're always talking to me and like it's nice to just like be like in a quiet, like just like chill, like quiet music. Just chill and sit by myself and just breathe. Yeah, that's good. It's important. I, I realize yeah. that too. I'm always going. I'm always talking. Even last night I was driving home from work. You saw me. I was so tired. You're like, I've never seen you look that tired. I no, was I really exhausted. Haven't. I was so tired. And I was like, you know what? And I there was a lot of phone calls I had to return, a lot of things I needed to do. And I thought, I'm just not. I'm shutting down. And I didn't talk to anybody. And it felt really good to take that time. So it's important. And then finally, if you feel like your anxiety is just taking over, get help. See a therapist. I think everyone needs it at some point. But if you really find that it's just too much, talk to someone about it. Because the truth is, is that overcoming this kind of anxiety in a relationship and just like everything, it boils down to having control over your emotions and your mental process. And that's why when I say all you need is within you now, we can control this. You're the one who's planting these thoughts in your head. You're the one who's creating these scenarios. And when you can kind of separate that your thoughts are not you, you are not your thoughts, and you can control them, you can start to minimize your anxiety about relationships and just have healthier ones and more sex. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think when you're <laughs> anxiety. Because it's sex and thing. Yeah, exactly. Sex but like, it's hard to have sex when you're like full of anxiety uh, and stuff like that. I think that's like sometimes two couples kind of have like those dry spell periods because if there's too much anxiety going on in there, it's like, how can you like trust your partner and like relax and get into that mode of pleasure? Mm-hmm. You're right. And you said something really important, I think about music and about sound that I think that we underestimate the power of just having music playing or listening to something that really soothes you. No, not the TV necessarily, but, you know, and then also touch. So when you were just saying couples, it's like, can you guys listen to music? Can you touch each other? Because even just if it's just massage and not sex or get a massage, like that really does help to calm down your whole nervous mm-hmm. system. Um, and smell, light some candles, all that stuff. Thank you, Jane. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Of course. It's so fun. Okay, so we're going to give a shout out to our sponsors right now. You guys, thank you for supporting them. God, I love all of our sponsors right now. Oh, dude. I mean, I always do, but they're really killer. I mean, you've got some great ones. And um, we've got, uh, I love the new Donna products. Oh, I I like really need to eat them. I need to find me someone that I can soothe and massage and that can do that back with me. (laughs) I really want to use them. They all smell so good and I just feel like... I can use them alone, but I want to try, I want to use them with a partner. My thing about these massage candles are that they are such a great, um, Donna makes these massage candles. They smell amazing. And the thing about a massage candle, it's like a twofer because I light it when I come home from work. I just light the candle. It smells amazing. And then if someone's coming over, you're like, oh, it's a fun little trick. You're like, oh, like this is actually, does that smell great? Yeah. Oh, it oh. smells like chocolate mousse. I know. But like, like, oh, but like, not like the gross fake chocolate. <laughs> I know. Like, that's what I'm thinking. It smells it. really good. And then you can pour it onto your partner and it's like warm oil. It's not wax. It's not like particularly super kinky. It just feels it's like warm oil and you pour it on your partner and it's like a little it's a little game, a little fun trick. That's a good trick. If you want to check out the Donna products, you can go to my sexwithemily.com store or just check out the Donna banner on the website. Okay, everyone. Uh, thank you so much for supporting our sponsors and we'll be right back with your emails. 
Did you ever meet someone who hasn't tried your favorite food or watched your favorite tea show and then you get them to try it and their mind is blown? That happens to me all the time, but with lube specifically lube during oral sex. It's one of my favorite tips, and I'm always amazed when I find someone who hasn't tried it. Either they don't think it's needed, or they're afraid of lube tasting bad. Well, thank goodness they're wrong. I mean, not only does lube make receiving oral sex feel incredible, but now it also tastes amazing. There's a brand new line of flavored lubes from our good friends at Joe. It's called Muse, and it's going to be that mind-blowing thing that will change your sex life forever. Ever. And if you haven't heard, my other favorite tip for giving oral is to be enthusiastic. Well, guess what? When your partner tastes like salted caramel, believe me, that enthusiasm gets real. Muse comes in three great flavors, mint chocolate, creme brulee, and yes, salted caramel. Each one is 100% edible, 100% sugar and paraben free, and 100% game changer. Oh, and they come in bottles with pump tops. It's like my dream come true. You gotta try Muse. We're all obsessed with it over here. To get some for yourself, go to sexwithemily.com slash muse. That's my site, sexwithemily.com slash M-U-S-E. So if you've been listening to the show, it should be no surprise to you that women typically last longer to orgasm than men. This, my friends, is called the orgasm gap, and now there's something you can do about it. It's called Promescent, and trust me, this stuff really works. Promescent is an over-the-counter topical treatment that enhances men's ability to last longer. No pills, no prescriptions, and no questionable claims. Developed by urologists, Promescent isn't your typical delay spray. It's absorbed into the skin instead of staying on the surface, so instead of numbing everything, it leaves you with plenty of sensation. Enhancing your experience is easy. Just apply to the underside of the penis before sex. It's FDA compliant and clinically proven to help men last up to 64% longer. And because Promescent gets completely absorbed, it won't transfer to your partner. It's time to close the orgasm gap, don't you think? Try Promescent for yourself. Just go to sexwithemily.com slash enhance. That's my site, sexwithemily.com slash E-N-H-A-N-C-E today. I am so excited to let you know you can now hear Sex with Emily live five days a week on Sirius XM Radio. You'll find me in Stars Channel 109, Monday through Friday at 5 to 7 p.m. Pacific, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern. But don't worry, the podcast is staying right here. My brand new radio show will have everything you love about Sex with Emily and more. Because every day I'll be interviewing guests, sharing the latest news, and my favorite part, taking your calls live on the air two hours every weekday. If you're a SiriusXM subscriber, you already know how great it is. If you never tried it, get a free trial for 30 days. Just go to sexwithemily.com slash SXM. That's sexwithemily.com slash SXM today to try SiriusXM for yourself. See you there. Emails. Hmm, yes. Mm. I like these. I know. If you have a question you want me to answer on the show, that's amazing. Text your questions to 797979, and then you just text Ask Emily. It has to be one word to 797979. You can also submit a question at sexwithemily.com via the Ask Emily tab. And as always, include your gender, your age, where you live, and how you listen to the show. Hi, Emily. I'm a new listener to your podcast, and I love it. I'm 39 and single and I've never been married. I don't have kids and I've had some failed relationships. Perhaps we all have. After not having sex for a year, I met someone online to hook up with while I was on a mini vacation. I've never done something like this before. I was really nervous, but the sex was great. He was very giving and wanted me to be comfortable. There was a lot of kissing before, during, and after, and he stayed to cuddle. 
He didn't say much. And I always love that. And he didn't say much while we were actually having sex. I don't have a lot of body confidence and I have body image issues. So it makes me feel better when I get verbal feedback. I feel like I held back a little. I was nervous, obviously. I texted him after he left. I told him the sex was great. And I loved how gentle he was as he was very well endowed. He replied, you're welcome. Uh. I sent one additional message and I never heard back. I'm going back to the same town in a few weeks. Should I attempt to contact him? I'm afraid of being rejected, but I really want to have sex again with him. And I want to be more free and more uninhibited this time around. What would you do? Thanks, Lynn, 39, South Carolina. Yeah, Lynn. Okay, here's the deal. I don't love that he didn't text you back after your second you know, reply. And he was kind of rude, like, you're welcome. And I just feel like, yes, some people are challenged when it comes to texting. But I just feel like you're welcome and then not answering you back. You might kind of be setting yourself up for failure. I feel like the fact that you want to let go more and you want to have another like fling that there's plenty of guys in every single town. So I feel like you can find somebody else to kind of to hang with. Yeah. You know, I mean, don't get stuck up on that. This guy like it was great sex because if this was me and the guy was just like, you're welcome. I'd be like, oh, why? Was it a privilege? Like, you know, it's kind of it's just to me to me. I would be like, nah, on to the next yeah, that's not very that's not very loving. He could have been like, yeah, fun too. Like, how hard is it to say? Yeah, like yeah, you're and- welcome is super not not cool. Mm-mm. Okay, yeah. And here's the other thing. I gotta be honest with you here, Lynn, is that you hadn't had sex in a year, so in your mind it might have felt a lot better than it. Like we, we kind of elevate things. If you haven't, you know, if you've been on a diet or you, you whenever you restrict or take something away and you try to get it, it's so great. So I feel like. I don't know. This no, guy I totally it, agree right? with you. It, like you, you get wrapped up in like, oh my God, the sex was great. And then you think like, I really want to like, you said that you wanted to be more like uninhibited next time with him. And I don't think that to me, it doesn't sound like he deserves. He doesn't. It. Right. Uh, so I think you can totally let loose with someone else and you don't have to be nervous. We all get in our heads. Like even me, like, you know, especially when you're with someone new, especially if you haven't had sex in a while, but just know that like there is better people out there and there's going to be even better sex like that's not the best sex that you that you're ever going to have exactly and then also to be honest the second time around usually it's the novelty that makes new Mm. sex or Mm -hmm. you know uh one night stands feel really good so i feel like just go and also just go and have fun on your own if you don't feel like looking on the apps or finding someone i think when you're on vacation you do have this thing we were talking about this yesterday i wanted to turn for jamie came up with this vacation goggles yeah i feel like when you go to a new town everybody just it seems everyone's exciting and new and seems different. Like whenever I go to New York, I'm like, every guy here is so good looking, you know, people come to LA. It's, I think we're just somewhere different. So I think that maybe just take advantage of being somewhere new. Don't put a lot of pressure on yourself. Just be, you know, go out to dinner, meet some people and, um, yeah, mingle, be uninhibited with someone else. That's how we feel. Lynn, keep us posted. I want to hear how it goes. Okay. Hi, Emily. My name is Marcus. I'm 28 and live in Nottingham, UK. I've been with my fiance for over four years and the sex has always been great. After four years, we still have it two to to three times a week. Our sex life is becoming more creative as well. We use toys, lube, and of course, our growing connection. I have a question. I know. I love this. I have a question about the refractory period. Once I have reached orgasm, I'm literally done. I can prolong my orgasm to a point, but once it's happened, I have zero drive for what seems like the rest of the day, if not longer. For the first few immediate hours, I'll struggle to get an erection. I feel generally a bit sore after sex. I don't want to masturbate and it doesn't feel as good as the first orgasm. 
My better half knows this and she doesn't initiate until the, the next day. I don't like this. I'd love for sex to be spontaneous and I'd love to be able to have sex a few times a day. How can I reduce this refractory period and get an appetite for more sex sooner? Thanks, Marcus28, Nottingham, UK. Here's the thing, Marcus, everyone's different when it comes to their refractory period. Typically men, you know, in their 20s, they have kind of a a faster refractory period. Um, But there's a lot of things that comes into play, like your age, diet, health, are you on meds, exercise, are you drinking, Mm -hmm. taking drugs? Um, And the thing that, the only thing here that gives me pause is that you are young, you're 28 years old, and I feel like the fact that you're experiencing pain after sex, and that it's taking you 24 hours, it it doesn't feel like that it should take that long and that there should be pain. So I'm wondering if you're on any medication, if you know, you drink a lot or smoke cigarettes. I mean, that's all stuff that can affect the male erection because the refractory period, it's usually a few minutes to a few days and the older guys get it does take longer. And definitely there is a period where your body shuts down. You know, the your body's in overdrive, the sympathetic nervous system, which controls your fight or flight, kind of pushes your body to calm down. And that is what's happening. But typically, like, if you're... Um, Oh, and it also like lowers your like neurotransmitters like dopamine, testosterone. And so that's what happens as well. And your serotonin spikes and takes a nosedive. And that's why guys often want to sleep after. Mm-hmm. But with, I feel like if you're, you and your partner continue to kind of play around, maybe she gives you a massage or maybe you give her some pleasure that you should be able to, you know, typically get an erection again, at least that day. I just feel like maybe there's something going on. I mean, yeah. or it could just be the way your body is, but I would get checked out. And just the pain thing, when you said that you have some pain. So when you say that the first few media hours you struggle and you feel a bit sore after sex, I'm wondering also how much are you masturbating? So maybe also if you're masturbating a lot, I'm just wondering where that soreness is. Is it internal? Is it on your shaft? So I've got a few questions for you, but but the refractory period, I mean, again, it differs for all men, but the fact that it, you're having pain and it takes 24 hours, at least I would um, get checked out. Mm-hmm. Hey, Emily, I'm I'm also Emily. I love to learn about sex and I want to be better at talking with my partner about what I'm learning. I don't want to come off too preachy teachy and know it all sex freak. How should I start broaching this topic so we're not just talking about it, but we're trying out some of the things we talk about? Thanks, Emily27, California. Well, Emily, I love that you uh, want to talk to your partner about sex and you're actually even asking how to improve upon the fact that you're even talking to him because a lot of people don't even want to talk about it. So there's a few things... um, here that we kind of some rules around talking about sex that mm-hmm. are important that we emphasize and location is important so location and timing and tone yes i would say those are some things to start with that you don't want to have in the bedroom right after sex yeah you can say like that was amazing that felt great but you want to be like i really think that um we should try anal like i just or, or next time could you do this or that i just feel like the bedroom is kind of for sex for sleeping but if you are outside the bedroom you know, I think it's great like at breakfast or, you know, like if you're going to the laundromat or you're taking a drive in the car. Right. You're not making eye contact. It might be an easier time to talk about it. Timing, make sure, yeah, you're not stressed. You guys aren't rushing around. And I would just say that my top advice for you, just to make it more of a conversation that it's, I think that we can build it up in our head like, and because it is, it's a big deal to talk about sex with your partner because it's such a charged subject and you really don't want to upset him or hurt his feelings. And so I feel like if you're just like, God, our sex has been, you know, I love having sex with you. It's been really fun. And I'd love to, let's talk about some other things we could do. What are your fantasies? Or like, what are some things you want to try or bucket list things that you, you know, go to a sex toy store together, or talk, listen to the podcast together. I know a lot of couples kind of use this as foreplay, sex only podcast, which yeah. I love. 
Um, and you could also, again, like make it more of a conversation. Like, God, I've been, when I was masturbating the other day, I was thinking about you tying me up. Maybe that's when you're a fan. You could tell him that. Like, I think that we all want instructions. Like, you want to hear what he wants. I'm sure he wants to hear what you want. So it's really just keeping it light and casual and fun and that you just want to, both of you to have some pleasure. And also talking about sex can kind of lead to spontaneous sex. Yeah, because maybe it'll turn your partner on. You never know. And you could even just be like, hey, like I was, you know, I was reading this article and it said, you know, all these different, uh, these tips to starting like anal play. And I kind of got me turned on. I was thinking maybe we could try something like that. You know, you could just say something like that. Like, oh, I just saw it and it was fascinating. And I kind of got turned on and he might be like, oh, okay. Like, I have no idea. Yeah, let's try it. You know? Yeah, I feel like you've, since you've been having casual sex lately, have you, do you have any good recent, or any examples about how you've kind of brought things up lately, Jamie? Um, I mean, like if I've seen the person more than once um, and I want to try something else or I want them to do certain things, like I'll be like, oh, you know how last time like you touched me like this or you spent um, more time like using your mouth and your hands like when you went down on me or something like that I really liked you should do more of that like I would right. like that and were you like at dinner or something or were you no we were just chilling we were just watching tv right you're like, we were just hey. chilling on the couch <laughs> that's see that's how you do it They're like thanks noted it was yeah. casual and he's he, just like oh and you uh, probably okay. did that right yeah and then like I mean and it's, the thing that you have to remember too is that it's not like a one time and then he's gonna get it kind of conversation right. like you have to like reiterate it because I mean, even me, like people are like, like it's like it's even like making plans with someone, like, hey, we should totally go out to dinner, and you're like, yeah, we should, but then if you never talk about it again, are you really going out to dinner? Right, exactly, and you don't confirm the plans, you don't mm-hmm. set a date, exactly. So I think that we think that well, I've talked to him about it, or I've talked to her about it, I let her know. Once does not count. It does not. Count. No, people don't change that quickly. Good points. Hi Emily, I love your podcast. I recently just started dating again after a year of swearing it off. I've met someone and we've hit it off. I'm very self-conscious because I'm prone to vaginal bacteriosis and yeast infections. The idea of having someone touch me down there, even when I don't have an infection, scares me so much I don't want to have sexual contact with anyone. How do I regain my confidence sexually and emotionally? I don't want to push this guy away before even giving us a chance. Thank you, Julina, 28, Seattle. That is a really good question. Mm -hmm. And so I'm wondering... Do you know what has been causing your infections, your your yeast infections and your um, vaginal bacteriosis? Because there's a lot of different things that could cause that. It could be like the birth control pill could cause that or yeah. oral contraceptives can cause that. If you have a lower immune system, if you've been taking antibiotics, if you've been wearing too tight of clothing, that's why cotton underwear is really important. Mm-hmm. I think we're all about these tight clothes these days, like even like exercising a lot with like tight pants can do it. So um, I'm curious if you found out what it could be, um, like so reducing moisture down there. So that's just, I mean, I'm assuming you've gone to your doctor and you've gotten help with that. So I would say that you got to start to get back on the horse here, start having sex again and realize that like now that you probably know what to do to prevent it or you've gotten some more information from your doctor that it's not as much of a risk or a fear perhaps. Yeah. And then I'm wondering like what it is that she's scared of. Is she scared of feeling gross to her partner or gross to herself? Is she scared of them causing another reaction? Right. I, good point. Like, do you feel like you still have because bacteriosis can have mm-hmm. like a certain scent to it? Yeah. And it's not, it doesn't smell great you don't feel like great so good point do you feel like you might have one and you don't know or do you feel like you're going to catch it again yeah so maybe i mean if that if it's kind of like you feel like you just want to be extra clean maybe you can just shower before you have sex um you can use uh like flavored lubes you know system joe has like 
lubes. The water-based lubes, yeah. Water-based lubes that will probably be okay with, because it seems like if you're prone to infection, you probably can't use too many types of lubricants. Um, Like Joe's Agape, Uh uh, you can use that. That's really good. It has a lot of like uh, natural ingredients Mm -hmm. uh, and it's supposed to be for very sensitive people. So maybe that'll help. It just kind of depends on what is scaring you about these uh, these things. And But it's like, if you don't have an infection, then you should just, you know, like, just get yourself in the mood. Maybe you need more arousal and that will get mm-hmm. you in the mood and maybe you won't be as scared. Because if you don't have anything at that moment, then you're fine. Like, you're not gonna, like, they're right. not gonna be grossed out. Like, you're gonna be totally cool. And it's not even something that you need to share with no, your partner. No, I would not share it with them. They don't need, it's not like they it's nasty. They don't need to know that either. And I think that's a good point. Don't rush into sex also, Juliana, if you're not ready yet. It's okay just to kind of, you know, go out with some guys and kind of fool around, do some foreplay, make out. We just gave you some great breasts to have Muslim pocket. <laughs> you know, just just don't, I don't want to push you to do anything until you're ready, but I do feel like if you're aroused and turned on and you're with a partner that you trust and you feel safe with, that you're going to get your confidence back slowly. So right now you haven't even broached it yet because it's been a while since you've had sex. If you practice self-care, and you are communicative with your partner and you really don't push yourself to go beyond where you're comfortable that you're going to be okay here and your confidence will come back. Mm-hmm. Make sure you pee after sex. That's yeah. just always important. Yeah. Pee after sex. Pee before sex. Yeah. You know, just like... It's all important. Just in case. <laughs> That's my other tip. When you say you don't want to push the guy away before giving us a chance, then just take it slow. You're going to know when you're ready. No matter what age, no matter where you're at, a lot of us just rush into sex because we feel like we should. And I just would like to kind of just let you guys know that we all we all have a choice and that the getting to know someone and the build up towards sex over a few weeks or a few months is totally okay and actually can be really, really hot and you're getting more information about the person that you're with. And I think that the more time that you're with someone and you get to trust them and get to know them, that this might not be as much as an issue for you, Julina. Well, uh, yeah. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you. Happy two years. Thank you. I love you. Thank you for everything. Jamie's also, she does videos. She's all the blogs on the site are, are killer. Jamie manages the writers. She writes blogs. We've got some great things up there. So yeah, the blogs are really cool. And, uh, let me know, email us feedback, how you've been liking the titles lately. Oh, Jamie kills it on the <laughs> titles. Okay. I am dying. What was the, the schlong? Oh, yeah. I'm uh, there's Please, a, there's let's just a, there's talk a about blog. some of them. <laughs> there is a blog about, you know, the breaks down the anatomy of the penis, the different parts, like what feels good, all of that. And it's called Ain't No Schlong and Dance, a guide to the male member. That is one of my better ones. That was great. No, there's another, every time I look at the website, I kill, I yeah, die. Five tips for a hand job well done. <laughs> I love you it. Know, six finger tips for better foreplay. Right. Someone gets that. I really like puns. Don't know if you guys can tell. You're punny and they're good blogs, so it's quality <laughs> too. Yeah, there is really good information in there. So if you haven't been checking out the website, like, you know, if you're, you know, whenever you're bored, just like, hey, like go get some few tips. You never know. It's exactly. good. Love it. Good work. Okay, well, thank you. Uh, thank you, everyone. Also, remember to follow us on social media because it's a good time there. We're doing a lot of fun giveaways too. Like we said, you can find out more information there about the podcast and everything. It's all at Sex with Emily across the board. Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, Facebook. And I love you all. Thanks to my amazing team, Ken, Jamie, intern Shannon. Thank you, Jenny, the latest member to our team, producer Lark and Michael. And I love you all. Thanks for listening. Was it good for you? Email me, feedback at sexwithemily.com. All right, let's be real here. You know you should get tested for STIs, but you probably have a bunch of reasons why you don't want to. Maybe you want to keep things private from your regular doctor, or maybe you don't want to wait for a home test kit to ship to you, or maybe you really can't have any of this information showing up in your mailbox. While all those reasons might seem just as scary as the STI itself, they're really not an excuse. Your health 
and your partner's health is more important. This is what my brilliant friend Shannon realized when she created same-day STD testing. Here's how it works. Using same-day STD testing's website or phone hotline, they will set you up with a same-day appointment at a testing facility in your area. Everything is handled privately, no insurance paperwork, no medical records, nothing mailed to your address. You go for your test, and as soon as the results are in, you can log in to see them on the secure website or speak to one of the same-day STD testing's medical advisors. If there's an issue, they can help you get treated privately as well. No shame, no blame, no judgment. Trust me, I know you've got your reasons for wanting to keep things private. Your sex life is your business, but your health is a priority. You can literally take control today. To schedule your same-day STD test, go to sexwithemily.com slash same day. That's my site, sexwithemily.com slash S-A-M-E-D-A-Y.